when we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Really glad you're here. I'm Billy Kinder, and hey, we're going to have a little fun today. We're going crow hunting. We're going on a crow shoot. <laughs> a good old-fashioned crow shoot. John Bowl lives in Alaska, but his passion is crow hunting. He drops down to the lower 48 for two months out of every year, specifically to chase the crows. He's known as Dr. Crowborkian. And he's our guest on the show, <laughs> coming up a little later on today. Front Door to the Camp House is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care, very gently and safely over time. It's a probiotic for your dog, but it also has very special ingredients that gently over time settle the overactive dog. Learn more about Calming Care when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. They're going to have a lot of fun today down in Bryan College Station, Texas, home of the fight in Texas A&M Aggies. The Texas Best Western Premier Hotel there in Bryan College Station is hosting the Texas State Turkey Calling Contest. They're going to crown champions today and send those first place winners in each division onto the Grand National Calling Championships. They started hunting pronghorn in New Mexico back on August 1st, and they're having some success up there, Freedom Hunters. That's Anthony Pace and Jim Shockey, their outfit, where they take our heroes on incredible hunting and fishing excursions as a way of saying thank you. Turns out it's great therapy for our combat veterans. Nicholas is one of those veterans, and, hey, he took a great New Mexico buck with Freedom Hunters. The Jim Shockey Military Tribute hosted... Four Marines in New Mexico. Nicholas is up on that bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. Thank you for your service, Nicholas, and congratulations. Pope and Young, America's leading bow hunting organization, recently unveiled the Pope and Young Hall of Fame. I was kind of surprised to find out they'd never had one. Well, they do now, and they've inducted their first five members into that prestigious hall. Glenn St. Charles was with the National Field Archery Association where he served as the vice president. But he knew bow hunters needed their own organization, someone to fight for the rights of bow hunters and help create more bow hunting opportunities throughout North America. He gathered up several close friends and fellow bow hunters and the foundation for today's Pope and Young Club was laid. Fred Bear, even if you're not a bow hunter, you probably know that name, one of the most recognized bow hunters of the 20th century. Fred's early work filming and promoting bow hunting is unparalleled, a significant contributor to Pope and Young. Fred introduced mass production to archery equipment, making and inventing countless adaptations of bow hunting equipment. His films, books, articles, television appearances, they captured the imagination of millions and introduced millions more to the sport of bow hunting. Fred served on the very first board at Pope and Young. Scott Showalter was instrumental in the development of Pope and Young's record keeping. He organized, streamlined, and promoted the record keeping program. His efforts helped Pope and Young promote bow hunting at the state level throughout the U.S. Jim Doherty was a great hunter, one of the world's best varmint, turkey, and wild fowl callers. He served numerous roles within the organization throughout his tenure. 
And Harv Evers, he was part of the group in Seattle that laid out the roadmap and outlined the initial principles of what we know today as Pope and Young. Harv remains to this day a passionate bow hunter that gets out in the field with his bow every chance he can get. Congratulations to you five inaugural inductees into the Pope and Young Hall of Fame. I'm coming, I'm coming. Don't forget, Forta Flora, if you own a dog, GI upset will happen from time to time. When it does, Forta Flora to the rescue. It's worked 100% of the time that I've used it. America's number one canine probiotic is Forta Flora. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com and click on that little box of Forta Flora. I got a note from my friends at Park City's Quail in Dallas the other day saying that accomplished wildlife artist Eldridge Hardy has passed away. He was 81, passed away at his home up in Denver. Eldridge was very special to Park City's Quail. He contributed several original paintings to the banquet and auction throughout the year. His last work of art, which is absolutely breathtaking to the quail hunter, it's called Rolling Plains Covey Rise. I've walked every inch of the Rolling Plains. Some of that stuff I've stepped on three times. And Eldridge had to, evidently. He knew his subject. That portrait was sold in the live auction at the 2021 Park City's Quail Banquet and Auction, and it brought $30,000. You can see Rolling Plains Covey Rise when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Over the past 35 years... Eldridge Hardy's work has appeared in every major outdoor and sporting magazine, and he's illustrated more than 30 books. His awards, way too numerous for me to try and mention. Hey, I'm about ready to stand up and stretch my legs for a few minutes. I could use a fresh cup of coffee, too. But when we come back, we're going to visit the Crappie Expo in Shreveport, Louisiana. We're going to have a good old-fashioned crow shoot with Alaska's Dr. Crow Vorkian, <laughs> John Bowl, and a West Texas dove hunt with the DSC is on tap, too. Stick around. I'm John with the Buckhorn Ranch in the beautiful Arbuckle Mountains of southern Oklahoma. When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it on Big Billy Kindred Outdoors. Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit KinderOutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit and give Audra a call. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. I'm Tom Watson with Bend Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. The Quail Coalition the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. 
With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, Small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom, so your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Do you love the crappie fish much as I do? Hey, Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall inviting you and your family to the Crappie Expo in Shreveport, Boulder City, October 1, 2, 3. The Crappie Expo is for everyone that loves to fish. More than 100 crappie fishing exhibits feature today's top gear, boats, electronics, and much more. The Mr. Crappie Invitational features the top 100 teams in America going head-to-head in the Red River Shootout Crappie Tournament. A quarter of a million is up for grabs. The richest crappie tournament in history. Don't miss the world's largest crappie fry at 11 o'clock on Saturday the 2nd. Fried crappie, taters, hush puppies, mmm, mmm. I'm also giving away $10,000 on Saturday and again on Sunday. You must be at the Crappie Expo to win. Cash is king. Crappie Expo 2021 is brought to you by Ford Trucks, Lose, Strike King, Riceland Rice Bran Oil, Humminbird, The Boat Shop, and Bayou Outdoors Superstore. CrappieExpo.com. Hey, CrappieExpo.com. Wow. We swapped neighbor Jones some good cigars for an evening hunt in the honey hole. Come along with Kinder Outdoors. A real treat coming up a little later on the show today here at Kinder Outdoors is John Vole from Alaska, known as Dr. Crow Vorkian. He is uh, the consummate crow hunter. <laughs> and I met him through a friend of mine, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department Game Warden Randolph McGee, one of my favorite people on the planet to visit with. Randolph, welcome back, buddy. Hey, how you doing, Billy? Well, I'm good. I'm good. Tell me about being a game warden in Texas in the month of August. Hey, I love it. Uh, so I'm not out in it, but uh, but once I do, I just melt, and uh, I wish it was November. I do, too. I've been wishing for November since late July. So, uh, yes, sir, that's I, and we're I both. 
we're both born and raised Texans, so it's not like, you know, we love this stuff. We get sick of it, too. We're ready for the fall. And uh, with yes, the sir. fall, all kinds, of, all kinds of good stuff comes up here. Season, quail season, dove season is about to kick off here pretty quick, and uh, everybody's going to be getting outside. But you met a guy, uh, I guess a year or two ago, from Alaska, and his big deal is crows. Calls himself Dr. Krovorkian, and he's going to be on the show later today. You know, it's really be, uh, neat being a game warden and the people that you meet. And uh, actually, Dr. Crow probably called me up five or six years ago, you know, left some messages, and, uh, and I would talk to him. And he was really uh, interesting to talk to, and he wanted to talk crows. And, uh, and I thought I knew a little bit about everything, but uh, this guy is the authority on crow hunting. And uh, I got to meet up with him here this last year because uh, – you know, he was looking for several thousand crows to hunt, and we just simply didn't have them. And this past fall, uh, I got to seeing a bunch of crows around, so I give him a call, and uh, we went and had lunch, and it was probably one of the neatest experiences I've had. That's so cool. And he, hey, he come up in a box truck that has in his license plate even says Dr. Crow on it, and he's got these crows painted, and he was just a really neat guy. And, uh, and I said, why do you like to hunt crows? And he goes, well, why does anybody like to hunt anything? He goes, in Alaska, it gets so cold uh, that I've got to leave and head south. And, uh, and he, he had a really good relationship with his wife. His wife leaves and goes to Hawaii for a couple months, and he leaves and goes across the southern United States and looks for crows. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> Well, I cannot wait to uh, talk to him later uh, in the show. We've we've got him on but the show I, later t- today. But uh, I, one of the one of the neatest parts, hey, hey, and ask him this when you talk to him. We're driving down the road, and uh, and he's hey, he's got an Alaskan accent, and he's a uh, 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 funny guy. And then he'll see some crows out there in a field, and he'll start talking to them <laughs> from the cab of my pickup. <laughs> really? And uh, it is, yeah, oh yeah, he'll talk to them crows. And uh, what he said, he goes, "Hey, Mr. Crow, there you are. How you doing today?" And uh, <laughs> I don't know, it was just funny the way he did it. <laughs> oh, I thought and I he, thought you meant that he would crow call to him, but no, he's just talking. Oh, no, English. no, he would just no, no, he would talk in English to him. You know, <laughs> hey, Mr. Crow, how you doing? So, uh, but then he says, "Hey, hunting these crows is real fun, and I, hey, I know they are, hey, one of the smartest birds on the on the planet. You know, hey, you never see one run over or anything. You know, uh, they are smart." But he said, "You know, they're a lot like people." And uh, and I said, "How's that?" And he goes, "Well, it's uh, you know, you got the long winter nights here." He said, "They sleep for about thirteen hours." And then they get up, and they hey, they want to go to McDonald's and go talk to somebody, you know. So that's what they do. They gather up there in the field and grab a cup of coffee, and, and uh, they talk to one another, and then go get something to eat. So he said they're a lot like people, but, uh, I, I, but hey, he's a funny guy. Hey, Randolph, let's talk about uh, legally. Uh, if somebody's hearing this and they're thinking, you know, I've got a bunch of crows, uh, that'd be a fun shoot. Is it legal? Can we? Do we need a license? What do we need? Hey, yep. You would need a uh, you would need a Texas hunting license to hunt them, and there is one. And I wouldn't. I want. I'm glad you asked that question. You know, uh, but crows are one of those birds. Uh, you can only shoot them or hunt them when they're depredating. So, uh, but I'm thinking, hey, if he's going from point A to point B and he's eating wheat seeds out of the ground, he's pretty much depredating. So, uh, 
So they're they're legal game. I, my opinion is, if a crow is breeding, he's depredating uh, because they thrive yeah, on on crops. A lot like the doves in in Argentina, the crows. If you're a farm, you don't like crows. Uh, correct. Yeah, and they can hey they can eat up a lot of stuff. So, um, but yeah, hey uh, he's a hey really really neat guy and. Um, and he has some really good stories, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to visiting with him. And we're also featuring on Kinder Outdoors on the website this weekend uh, the crappie rock uh, that you. Uh, it was either you or Stapleton that sent me a picture of the crappie rock. A gentleman that was doing some crappie fishing, and he had ten inches measured out on a rock. Uh, hey, and, we 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 see that in our careers, yeah. And uh, hey, and don't forget the tattoos down at Lake Tawakini. So <laughs> I still need to get you that picture too. Well. Tell he's folks got, about he's that. Got a, he's got a tattoo on on his wrist of 10 inches, and that's how he measures his crappie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Hey, the life of a game warden is always exciting. Randolph, be safe, and I appreciate visiting with you. Okay, Billy. Hey, you take care. <laughs> Dr. Crow Borkian himself coming up a little, <laughs> a little later in the show. Uh, right now, though, I want to talk to my buddy Nate Watson with the Dallas Safari Club because the annual Dallas Safari Club dove hunt is coming up next weekend, next Friday and Saturday out in West Texas. If you're looking for a day lease, a great opportunity, hey, this is it. You're about to hear about it. And for this one fee, your meals are included. Yes, sir. Yep. So the DSC dove hunt, um, annual tradition around here at DSC, just like dove season is in the great state of Texas. So on September 3rd and 4th, we host our annual dove hunt right outside of Abilene. So it's uh, not far outside of town. It's a great time where we have DSC members, non-members, all get together and um, get to uh, spend some time in fellowship and hopefully get some doves on the ground. So we are looking forward to it. Uh, You can register on our website or you can call the DSC office to get squared away. We have Plenty of spots available, and we're looking forward to seeing the faces of members and some new friends out there this year. You bet. Hey, I know a lot of us, a lot of folks listen. We've got a station there in Abilene, a station in Ranger, Eastland, Wichita Falls, all over the place. Dallas, Fort Worth stations uh, that carry us. So, uh, if you're looking for a dove hunt next weekend, opening day is going to be on the first, as always. Uh, but the third and fourth, Friday the third, Saturday the fourth. Uh, are the days of the uh, DSC dove hunt just north of Abilene. What's it going to cost and what's included? Yeah, so the, the cost per person is 110 bucks, And so everyone meets out there at the ranch on Friday afternoon, September 3rd, uh, around 3 o'clock or so. And then we go out for kind of an afternoon evening hunt. Um, after that, we meet back up at the pavilion at the Haley Ranch, uh, have dinner together, that kind of thing. Uh, folks are welcome to get a hotel room in town. If you go on our website, we have some different hotel recommendations there. Um, happy that you can split that up with friends, kind of however you want to do it. And then on Saturday morning, everyone meets up at around 5.30 that morning for some coffee, some breakfast that we provide, um, and then hit the fields around 6. And uh, shoot as many of as we can before it gets too hot. That kind of wraps up uh, the weekend there. So. We're, we're looking forward to having everyone out. The Haley Ranch um, is fantastic to work with. They're great partners, and they always put on a great time for everyone who attends. And am I right about this? You guys are going to clean my birds for me, too? Uh, I, I think that job falls to Corey Mason, our executive director. 
Ah, very good. Okay. Very but, but, good. But yeah, yes, there, there, there is bird cleaning. So, uh, uh, Corey might be doing it or it might be someone else. But, yeah, someone else will be cleaning bird. <laughs> very good. The Dallas Safari Club annual dove hunt is coming up. It's coming Friday, September 3rd, Saturday, September 4th on the Haley Ranch near Abilene. $210 for an adult. And, by the way, you can bring a kid for $110. That's, that's With your meals thrown in, that's cheap day lease money right there. Hey, Nate, thank you so much. Have fun. Shoot straight. Hey, sounds good, Billy. Always good talking to you, my friend. Dove season starts for a lot of states this coming Wednesday, September 1st. I know that's the case here in Texas. So much fun. Social event. Need more info about that DSC hunt? Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hi, this is Kurt Bush, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool, and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want 
one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted just about every western state. Uh, Yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and say, hey, that's phony. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read the tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says the tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore, men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. to have four-wheel drive to get to this camp house. The helicopter will do the trick. This is Kinder Outdoors. And I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want you to get this on your calendar right now because it is fun. I'm talking about the third annual Crappie Expo. This year it's in Shreveport, Louisiana. Two years ago, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Last year, Branson, Missouri. This year, down on the Red River in Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana. Waldo. It's Crappie Expo time. Wally Marshall, the creator of Crappie Expo, is with us. I can't believe it's here again. You know, Billy, three years ago, I never did think that we would be this far along with Crappie Expo. From the first one till today, it's it's just unbelievable. People fell in love with this. You know, two years ago in Hot Springs, Arkansas, we didn't know if people were going to take to an expo built just for crappie fishermen or not, but boy, do they love it. Man, they turn out by the gobs. You know what a gob is, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you got a gob of worms, you got a gob of minnows. Well, I tell you what, a lot of folks 
just love fishing, period. Yeah. And when you throw some crappie in the batch, yeah. hey, man, they're going to come out for everything. They're going to come out for the world's largest crappie fry. You yeah. know, we feed everybody for free. And it's just been a tremendous deal. And, of course, we have the Mr. Crappie Invitational Tournament for the guys that fish the tours out there. Uh, we started out in Hot Springs with a $100,000 tournament. And now, this year, the shootout at the Red River is a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. We're up to a quarter of a million now prize money for the uh, in invitation of the Mr. Crappie uh, Invitational at the Crappie Expo. Let's tell folks the nuts and bolts, where it's going to be, and when. Well, it's going to be at the Shreveport Convention Center in Shreveport, Louisiana, and that's 400 Caddo Street if you're looking for it. And uh, it's uh, October 1, 2, 3. Uh, on Friday, we're going to open up at 10 o'clock uh, on Friday, and we're going to close at 6. Saturday, it's 9 to 6. And also Sunday, it's 10 to 5. And we have a concert every day, Billy. I mean, you know, it's uh, uh, this is entertainment. This yeah. is not, you know, I'm not P.T. Barnum, and I'm not, uh, you know, a big uh, promoter guy or whatever, but, you know, We've got great entertainment. We got country music. We got a little rock. We got it going on. We got Jason D. Williams from Memphis, man, playing that piano. It's just unreal. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Now, uh, the concerts are gonna take take place inside the expo hall. Uh, there, where you're walking around, more than 100. Uh, vendors coming, fishing poles, electronics, boats, you name it, they're going to be there. We've got every major bass company, bass boat. We call them crappie boats, too, because, you know, we've got uh, everywhere from Vexus boat, Ranger boats, uh, you name it, they're all coming to the show. We've got electronic companies, Humminbird, and we've got Garmin, and all of what's cool is because of all the new products in the crappie world, People will be able to see them and get them before they hit the stores in 2022. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because the latest and the greatest is there, and we have people coming from Oregon, Washington, uh, you know, and Lose and Strike King is our title sponsor this year, and uh, I'm really excited about Crappie Expo right there in Shreveport, and of course on the Red River with the Mr. Crappie Invitational. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. The weigh-in daily is going to be where? Well, the first day weigh-in will be on Thursday, September the 30th, and that's at 3 o'clock at the Red River South Marina. And so we'll have a weigh-in there because there's going to be over 100 teams, Billy, weighing in. We can't do that down at the convention center. Right. And then the next day on Friday, the opening of the Crappie Expo, the weigh-in will be at 3 o'clock on the main stage uh, right there in Shreveport. All right. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. So uh, when you come to the Crappie Expo, uh, one ticket gets you into the weigh-in, the concerts, the expo. The free, the the free world's largest crappie fry. That's Saturday, October the 2nd, starting at 11 a.m., Last year, we fed over 4,000 people in Hot Springs. We fed over 5,000 people. I'm telling you, this year, there'll probably be 6,000 people in line to eat free crime. Hey, listen, don't you go down to Louisiana and say Sockelay or Speck or anything like that. They'll line up from here to tomorrow. Or a white perch. Woo! <laughs>
<laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about, and we're going to talk about this more as we get closer to tournament time because the weather will change, the river will change. How about fishing the Red River? That's a, boy, you threw a curve this year. Well, I'll tell you what, we like to hold these tournaments on lakes that, that the normal people don't go crappie fishing on or the tournaments are not held on these lakes. So it gives a fair advantage for everybody. And, of course, the Red River has been shut off for one year yeah. to all participants. None of these anglers have been able to fish this lake for a year. No, they cannot practice. They can't do anything until the week of, and they get four days to practice for a quarter of a million. Yeah, there you go. So how do you go about fishing uh, a river, uh, fishing that heavy current. Well, I'll tell you what, you need to go on your contours and get up behind little jetties and eddies and islands and and back in some sloughs, you know. And they don't some, like to fight that current. No, the crappie won't be out there in the current, I guarantee it, but the oxbows that come off the Red River back in there, they'll be looking in, in those areas. I guarantee it, when you turn loose, a hundred of the top crappie anglers in the country on that river, yeah. they're going to expose it. And I predict, I'm just going to say it out loud now, <laughs> first day weigh-in will be 13.65 liter. There you go. We're right. Seven down. fish. Seven fish. Seven fish, 13.65. That's pretty healthy. That's almost a two-pound average on each of those. You know, it's going to be uh, October 1, 2, and 3, so... It could be sleeting. It could be 105. You never know. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the prediction of the weather, you know, if I'm going to throw a crappie tournament, it's going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found that out up on the, uh, up, uh, at Lake Texoma at, at one of the qualifiers for, for this event. And last year at the, at the uh, Mr. Crappie Invitational yeah. on Table Rock, it was sleeting yeah. and 30 degrees and the wind blowing 40. Yep, you just never know what you're going to get. Once again, October 1, 2, and 3 at the Shreveport Convention Center. Make it a weekend. Book your room now. Uh, where's the closest hotel? Well, it's the Hilton right there connected to the Convention Center. And, of course, you've got the Hampton Inns. You've got the casinos. Margaritaville. Yeah. Margaritaville. There's a lot to do in Shreveport, Bossier City. There's a lot to do and, and a lot of nightlife and all that and great food everywhere. Yes, sir. A big bowl of shrimp I'm thinking about down there at the horseshoe. I'll be back. I kind of like that crawfish etouffee. That ain't bad either. Waldo, the Crappie Expo looks like it's shaping up to me uh, another giant, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to it, buddy. Man, let me tell you what, Billy, I want to thank you all very much uh, here at Kinder Outdoors. Uh, big, big supporter of the Crappie Expo and Mr. Crappie. Thank you very much. Much. It's going to be so much fun. Shreveport, Louisiana, October 1, 2, 3. Well, hey, we're going to make a little run to the coffee pot, but when we come back, we're going to be joined by Dr. Krovorkian. That's right. John Bowl is his name. He lives in Alaska, but very soon he'll be loading up his rig and headed out in search of crows across the lower 48. I'm going to go ahead and proclaim him the world's premier crow hunter. <laughs> we'll learn the intricacies of the sport when we come back. Hey, everybody. It's Boy, you blew that one. Let's try that again from the top, Gerald. That really sucked. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's professional bass angler Gerald Swindle. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it or I'm using the bathroom. With Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. 
Well, not the user in the bathroom part. Well, sometimes outdoors, that's the place to be. <laughs> Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we're on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, speed, and feeders available too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. You might hunt the south pasture, or maybe the double tanks. You've watched that big 10-point for four years now. Maybe he'll show up. Or maybe it's a doe you'll hang in the cooler tonight. We're almost out of sausage links and taco meat. Maybe a pig will come by today. Among all the maybes, there is an absolute. Take your wild game to Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. The Masakio family and their decades of family recipes will have your guests at a whitetail dinner complimenting you on the beef. Because we, the way we season them and then we, we cry back them, vacuum seal them, and then let them sit, and then we put them in the freezer. So it, the, the spices get to work on the meat for a little bit. If you'll cook them just like a regular filet, you know, like medium rare or rare, it's perfect. I mean, it's, you can't tell the difference. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. CinnamonCreekRanch.com From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation salutes hunters for the role they play in providing critical funding for conservation. Funds generated by hunting licenses and fees, excise taxes on hunting gear, and donations to groups like RMEF generate funds that fuel land and wildlife conservation efforts from coast to coast. Celebrate how hunting is conservation at our annual fundraising banquet and auction. Be ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. 
I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. and fishermen gather here every week. Boy, we need another freezer. This camp house is Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and hey, what a special guest I have on my show this week. It's John Bowl, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Crow Borkian. He is a crow hunter. I'm going to say the world's foremost crow hunter. To track him down, we've got to go all the way to Alaska, right, John? Yes, sir. Okay, what what part? Eagle River. I've been up here for 50 years. Wow. And so you've got maybe the best hunting and, and fishing opportunities in the world uh, there in Alaska, but you choose to load up and come down to the lower 48 and spend a, a pretty good amount of time every year chasing crows. Am I right? That is correct. I, I told another gentleman that I used to hunt with. He's, he's gone now, but he used to go to Argentina dove hunting, and Columbia, and I asked him, I said, out of all your hunting you've done in your life, what would you choose the most? And he said crows. And he said, uh, <laughs> because because dove hunting, you sit in a bucket or somewhere in the field, and they just pass you where crows are a smart, very smart bird. They can see color. They can count supposedly up to four, I guess. They did a test on a blind where three guys went in a blind and called crows, and they wouldn't come in. second guy left, wouldn't come in. Finally, the third guy left, and they came into the blind, so into the decoys. So they're very, they're very smart board. They're very, vo- they're very vocal. They use hand calls. Some guys use electronic calls and use decoys. And their only natural predator is the great horned owl. I'm sure some have been taken out by a hawk or an eagle once in a while, but that's their only natural predator. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I knew that crows were uh, incredibly smart and they are a challenge to hunt i've been on a crow shoot or two in my life uh, used to many years ago uh if you watch the old andy griffith show you know he loved to go on a crow shoot now and then uh used to yep. be uh more of a pastime because they are uh they are a nuisance if you're a farmer you hate crows oh there's uh there i've had farmers ask me to hunt on sunflowers on peanuts on milo um believe it or not they get into cotton um, but and especially pecan orchards, they they just devastate them. You, and you're, you're talking, I'm I'm talking five six hundred birds or more in a pecan orchard, and I'm talking four or five thousand on a peanut field, and that's a lot of peanuts getting carried away every day. They eat more than one. Yeah, they don't eat one and leave, do they? <laughs> no, they they yeah, and but they're they're a smart bird. They're a smart bird. You got to watch them if you want to do good at them. You got to kind of follow them and see which way they're going for their flyaways and see what they're eating on and if they're hitting certain fields up and the farmers want you to hunt them. That's worked out really well. So so it's a it's a it's a bird that hardly not a lot of people hunt, which is good from my standpoint. But um, they're they're in almost almost all the lower 48 states. They're in each state. Yeah. Um, are there different subspecies of crows or is there just an old black crow that we know about 
there's the American crow, and then there's the fish crow, and then there's the common crow. And uh, the common crows, and also there's ravens. People get ravens mixed up with crows. They say, oh, there, we have a lot of crows at our place. And I can know those are ravens because ravens are bigger. They have a different vocal vocabulary. And they also have a different, when you watch them fly, their their tail feathers are broader, and they have their wings are more, a crow will methodically flap his wings when he's flying. You know, he just cruises along and he's flapping his wings. But a raven does a lot of, lot of, lot of, uh, I would say, soaring or coasting. But I mean, um, and their wings are more pointed, where the crow's wing feathers on his flight feathers are more like fingers sticking out there. They're different species, but they, but they hang together. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, John, there's an old saying, uh, typically when uh, someone has said something that turns out uh, not to be truthful or factual, that they're going to have to eat crow, uh, which would leave you thinking that crow probably doesn't taste very good. Have you ever eaten one? I had, I did have a gentleman uh, ask me to bring some in, and he said, he, <laughs> I said, you're the first guy that wanted me to bring some in to, to cook, and he said the next time you cook them, you use a pressure cooker. <laughs> <laughs> so that means they're a little tough, but they're a little bit tough. They're a dark meat like a dove, but... But I'm sure, I'm sure they, I'm sure they are edible. I mean, just anything edible if it gets down to the point, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are your favorite? You leave Alaska and come down to the lower 48 to hunt crows for how long? Uh, now that my kids are out of school and they're on their own, um, I'm semi-retired in the wintertime. I come down for a couple months. It gives, it gives me a break from the winter. It gives me a break from the winter and. Uh, and and we don't have the bird hunting up here. Like you said before, I have the big game. We I've done all that. I've got bears, sheep, goat, caribou, and and but uh, I really enjoy the wing shooting, and and I enjoy and I enjoy the challenge of, you know, trying to fool the birds. Yeah, and and uh, and let's talk about fooling those birds. If we want to go have a successful crow hunt, what are the nuts and bolts of this? What equipment do we need? How do we go about this? Well, one is they can see color, so you need to be camouflaged, and you almost got to act like somebody's looking for you, like another person's looking for you. So, um, some guys go to the point where they'll wear face masks, the, the uh, you know, the the makeup, I guess, the cosmetic stuff. I don't go that far, but I'll wear a head net um, because they can see reflection or anything. So it's it's. I've had one gentleman hunt with me, and he's standing up in the blind. I and I looked out my blind, and I see the birds are flaring. I said. Why do you see he's flaring? You know, I'm calling him. We got everything set up, and I looked. He's standing up, and I said, "I said, hey, I said, here's how this works." He said, "Here's how this works. It's pretty simple. If you can see the bird, they can see you. That's how simple it is. So you got to stay hid. And so if you have a blind where you can look out and see you through a hole or something, kind of, you get an edge hunting them by kind of monitoring which way they're coming from and seeing how close they get to the decoys. You got an edge on them because you know when to pop up. But otherwise, if you can't see them coming, your blind's not set up properly. So. Yeah. So you want to see, you want to be able to see the birds coming, and they come from every direction. So it's not like, like ducks are always going to come into the wind. Where these crows, they'll come in from any any direction to get to where you're going. Now I'm guessing that uh, these old crows are are pretty doggone tough. Do you shoot a, a 12 gauge? What do you what do you a full choke? They're up there pretty hot. I use a full choke 12 gauge, but I just use I go to Wally World and get the lowest and cheapest expensive seven and a half shot I can find. So it'd be the same thing like dove and quail loads. It's just identical shells. So um, they're not as tough as people think they are. But yeah, you, when they're up high, you're gonna have trouble getting them. But you know, 
you know, you have to know your shotgun range and, you know, 30, 40 yards, and that's about, about it, really, for the birds. And But when you come yeah. in the decoys, when you got them coming to decoys, they're coming in the set, and they're coming in pretty pretty low. Okay. So, so and, you, then you use the wind. You, you also use the wind to your advantage. So you want to try to try the wind. The wind will hide the sound of the shotgun. Obviously, it'll blow it one way more than the other. But if you can get birds coming with the wind, granted they're going to turn them around and head to your decoys. But the birds that see them from the distance, like I said, if you can see them, they can see you. But imagine how their eyes are. They can see their comrades ahead of them landing in a field. They're going to go there and start eating, but granted, they don't hear the shotgun blast, so they think they're dropping in for food. This is just but, a bunch of fun. We're crow hunting on the show today with Dr. Crow Vorky and John Vole. Uh, now, John, do, do you call these birds in? I know I've got a crow call that I use to locate turkeys early in the morning. Yes, I do. I have a, I have hand calls, and then just in the last seven, eight years, I tried electronic call because I was told about them, and some of the calls I had on there weren't very successful, so I ended up recording my own, and uh, it works very well. But but I've been I've been hunting these things since like 70s, you know, 68 when I got my first bird. But I, I found an article in Field and Stream back then. It was Troll Capital of the World was Fort Cobb, Oklahoma, and they estimated 15 million birds roosted there in the winter. And I couldn't wow. believe it, so I went there one year and checked it out, and I said, holy cow. <laughs> That's a lot of birds. <laughs> Rarely do we do this, John, but I'm going to ask you to hang over. We're going to move you. Uh, we, I've got to talk to you some more, and that will happen in hour two. <laughs> John Bowl, Dr. Crow Vorkian up in Alaska. We'll be back with him in just a few minutes right here at Kinder Outdoors. <laughs> fish came from our waters, the meat from our fields, the heritage and history from our hearts. Glad you're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our visit with Dr. Crow Vorkian <laughs> up in Alaska. His name is John Bowl. He comes down to the lower 48 every year for two months in search of crows. He loves a good crow shoot. That's what he does. I want to pick up my conversation with him. This corner of the camphouse is brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. So many different formulas because there are so many different dogs. Puppies, senior citizens, juveniles, sporting dogs, lap dogs, sleepy dogs, active dogs. There's a Pro Plan formula for your dog. And it's at Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores. Atwoods is in Oklahoma and Missouri, Kansas, Texas, and Arkansas. He is the world's foremost crow hunter. His name is John Bowl. He's our special guest on the show this week. Lives in Alaska, drops down to the lower 48 for two months out of every year, specifically to chase crows, hunt crows. Uh, so what, where are the hot spots, John? Where do you go to hunt crows? I go uh, both east and well, you got to go where the birds are, obviously, because every year they're, they're roosting in different places sometimes. But I'll go east Texas or west Texas, and uh, but mostly where where they're growing the crops, like um, like well they hang cattle too. They hang in cattle, but 
mostly um, where they grow the crops for peanuts and milo and and uh, even corn and soybeans. You know, it's uh, they're they're the bird they're 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 opportunists like people. They'll go where the food is. That's that's where they're going to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of cranes and geese that hunt in those areas that pick the same fields. They eat all the same stuff, and especially the peanuts. They like the peanuts. Sure. Yeah. What about your wife? What does she do? Does she go crow hunting with you? No, you're not going to believe this. She goes to Hawaii when I come back. <laughs> I have heard that rumor. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hot. I'm not a hot weather person. So. I, so. I, and I told her. I said, life's too short. I said. So she'll she'll go rent a place in Hawaii in a big island for two months, and that gives her a break from the winter for January, February. So it's kind of a perfect situation because winters are long up here, and so. <laughs> Somebody's watching the house, taking care of the dog, getting the mail, plowing the driveway, and then when I get back, it's her turn to go have fun. And so there you she, go. She, she, she loves the ocean. She loves swimming. And I was there one time. She went on about 300 yards, and I said, well, there was shark bait. I can't do nothing about it. So yeah. <laughs> I, said, I, said, that's, I said, if that's what you love doing, I said, have at it. You know, I said, life's too short. Yeah. Well, it just sounds like you have a lot of fun. Folks are going to know you when they see you coming down the road because you've got a box truck. And the uh, the license plate says Crow MD, uh, meaning you're not a doctor, and, and you're not a you're not an emergency specialist for crows. You are Doctor no, Crow Fortian. And I give injections. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure to talk to you. When you come to Texas, I want to uh, get together with you and and uh, have a glass of iced tea and talk it over. There you go. All right. Well, hope, hope this helps you, and hope it helps some other people that want to learn how to crow on because. It's a fun sport, and it's they're smart birds. You gotta you gotta have your homework. You betcha. Very good. Well, we're talking to the best in the game, John. What a pleasure to visit with you and uh, safe travels. I look forward to seeing you uh, this this uh, this winter. We'll catch up somewhere. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I love it, Doctor Crowvorkian. He gives lead injections. <laughs> oh my word, Purina Pro Plan performance formula it's in the sport bag that purple bag and if you have a bird dog it's exactly what you need 30 percent protein 20 percent fat in fact 89 percent of the field trial champions across north america are purina pro plan dogs the champions 89 percent of them pro plan think about that next time you visit an atwoods ranch and home store Tourism is up in Montana State Parks. I reckon it's the same story all across these United States as we return to our roots in this nature. Hunting, fishing, hiking, biking, outdoors, fresh air. More than 1.5 million visitors to Montana State Parks January through June this year. That's up 11.1% over last year and 44.1% over 2019. COVID rearing its ugly head again, that means cancellations. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries has canceled National Hunting and Fishing Day events scheduled for September 25th across the state of Louisiana. National Hunting and Fishing Day is a national event celebrated in all 50 states on the fourth Saturday in September. It was created in 1972 when Congress passed two bills establishing a specific day to celebrate the conservation contributions of the nation's hunters and anglers. Another cancellation, boy, and I know a lot of folks hate to see this, but the annual Arkansas Elk Festival canceled. Typically, the final three public land permits 
are drawn and revealed at that elk festival, not going to happen. COVID-19. Listen, if you live in the great state of Georgia or can get there in a hurry, pretty cool event today. Professional angler Clayton Batts, he fishes the Major League Fishing Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, and he's going to be conducting an electronics seminar at the Go Fish Education Center in Perry, Georgia today. Waypoint management, side scan, down scan, open water cover, structure. There's a lot new in the world of boating, graphs, and electronics. The learning curve, well, it can be a little steep, and Clayton wants to help you get past that today. I'm Canadian Moose Guide, Norma Crate. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. With Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. You'll know Toby Meadows when you run into him on the lot there at Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine because on his name tag is a big green bass. <laughs> He's earned the right to wear that big fish around. He's caught three over ten pounds. Yes, sir. Three times, uh, twice on Lake Fork and once on Lake Conroe. This lifelong passion for Toby started in the cab of that old Chevy truck, headed for the fishing hole a long time ago. I had an uncle, Uncle Jim, got me started, and it was just a little cork popper with little black and yellow feathers, looked like a bumblebee, and that started it all. Three ten-pounders and 19 years with the classic grapevine family, and Toby is still going down the road in that Chevy truck. These days, though, it's a little newer a little less bumpy, and a whole lot more powerful. Yes, it is. I like it, too, especially that diesel. Got that half-ton diesel. It's good. Nice truck. Lifelong memories await your bunch in the cab of the truck. Get started at ClassicChevrolet.com. The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers. Snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, buried Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. 
The Herdware Store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit JoshuaCreek.com. In Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and I want you to meet Daryl Gleason. Daryl and I sat down and had a great visit during the Bassmaster Classic back in June. You might want to pay special attention if you've never caught a 10-pound bass in your life. This guy not only fishes the Bassmaster Elites, but he'll put you in his boat on a famously big bass lake and put you within casting distance of those giants. Daryl Gleason, welcome, man. Glad to be here, man. I'm glad to have you with us uh, from down in Louisiana. Let's talk, first of all, about Louisiana and the opportunities that uh, are afforded a sportsman down there. It's paradise, dude. It really is, and it, from duck hunting to deer hunting to fishing and saltwater fishing, freshwater, you have all your options. Uh, I kind of live up in west-central Louisiana on Toledo Bend, Yeah. but you have great fishing up in the northwest. we got Caney Lake, known yeah. for great big fish, and then you have all the... The saltwater fish and the great uh, great fishing down around Chacalaya Basin down in South Louisiana as well. So it's a special place. Yeah, it really is. And you people know how to cook them after you chew them. Yeah. You you guys are really good at that. Anytime I'm traveling, like going to Florida, I plan on spending a night in Louisiana just so I can eat. Absolutely. And for me, uh, guiding on Toledo Bend all those years, I've taken so many folks fishing from South Louisiana and a lot of those folks, they like to bring me booty. I see what you got you going. You see what I, they, they they deliver me booty because all the real good Cajun food is is down below. Down I south. And so now I've been blessed to hang out with a, a lot of them at their camps and get some good recipes on crawfish at Yes, sir. Yeah. Know how to boil some crawfish. So uh, <laughs> Louisiana is a unique state, and it's great that we we actually border Texas because Texas is pretty unique as well too. Yeah, so. it sure is, and we share something pretty cool, and that is Toledo Bend Reservoir, right. and that's your baby. Yeah. Uh, if it. folks wanted to fish with you down there, can they still do that? Yeah, absolutely. In, in between, uh, you know, trips on the road for the Elite Series and all my other tournaments I'm doing, uh, we're, st we're still running guide trips on Toledo Bend. Cool. And at Sam Raven as well a little bit. So yeah. they can always just uh, go to my website, gleasonfishing.com, 
and uh, and they'll be contacting me directly, email, phone call, whatever, and we'll get it set up. Absolutely. Are you living the dream on the Bassmaster Elite Tour, fishing the elites? Absolutely. Um, it, it's just a, a dream come true. I fished the Opens for about 10 years trying to qualify, and uh, God's time and made it all happen last year in, in what was the craziest year of most of our lives. Yeah. And uh, the stars lined up, and I made it. And, and so, and last year I actually get to fish the Bassmaster Classic the first time. Yeah. So, like, I still pinch myself every day. And this year has been such a a whirlwind kind of blur. Like, <laughs> I know someday I'm gonna sit in a rocking chair and tell stories about it, but it all has went by so fast. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it, incredibly blessed and grateful for this opportunity. And uh, and a lot of that honestly is just being where I'm from, Louisiana, Texas. You get broke in real fast in tournament fishing. You either catch them or you go away. Yeah, you catch them or go home. The competition is incredible. Hey, uh, we're talking to people in, golly, Wisconsin and Oregon and Washington and places that have never seen anything like Toledo Bend Reservoir. Describe it to them. What's it look like? Um... The, the people up north, the closest thing, honestly, would probably like seeing one of the Great Lakes for the first time because yeah. it's so, in places, it's so wide and it's so long. It's up to 80 miles long from the dam up to around the river, but it is just an enormous fishery. It is a beautiful place to go, a lot of diversity. We have a lot of flooded timber and things like that, a lot of shoreline grass and things. So it's a really beautiful, unique place, but for like the tournament anglers and the anglers, the big draw of Toledo Bend is that 10-pound fish. Yep. I've taken people from all over the world, and and most of them have talked about it. I've, I've brought guys that come as children with their dad. Now they're bringing their sons 25 wow, years later. Wow, that's cool. Toledo Bend is a. It's just known for the chance of a life, like a fish of a lifetime. So, yeah. And I'm blessed to live there and, and being able to catch. I've caught 10 over 10 pounds. Of I was going to ask you. You know, if you've cool got place. that badge of that that badge of courage, yeah. that badge of honor, a 10 pounder. I have one right. in my life, and and I'm in the minority there. Most people will never catch never. 10. Correct. And you've got 10 yeah, over 10. And I tell people I'm blessed that I've got the fish where I've got the fish. Sure. Let's be honest. That's a lot of it. But um, man, if you ever and and honestly, the uh, on the guiding part, I've been a part of three other people catching ten pounders. Yeah. And you just you never forget the first time you see the eyes. I'm sure you can relate. Yep. The eyeballs on a ten pounder, yes. it's probably mimicking what your eyeballs do when you see it because right. it is a special, special moment. Yeah, so, it is. When you see eye to eye, they're in they're in that water, and you you cannot believe. And I bet if you've done it ten times, you still cannot believe what you're uh, seeing. Down there. You're still like you're still shaking, shivering, can't believe it's happening. <laughs> you know, pray, praying to Jesus that you get it in. Absolutely. But, but that moment when you get your hands on it, yeah, it's truly special. And like so, some of mine, actually, I've caught in tournaments and things. Yeah. And you talk about exhilarating, man, in the tournament to catch. Oh one. yeah. So it's uh, it's unbelievable. That's that's really what makes I mean Texas Louisiana area so special. Yeah. Um, is is those opportunities? You know, folks up north. They are blessed with like better summertime fishing than we yep. get. They've know? got smallmouth and, and, the, and they know, have smallmouth. Have so, uh, guys like me, we look forward to going up in the summer and catching smallmouth and the numbers of fish they have. Yeah. But uh, but still, that that allure, especially for largemouth fishermen, that ten pounder, that chase for a ten pounder, it's it's a special deal, man. So uh, you know, I've been blessed to to live where I have and experience those experiences. What is the lake record uh, on Toledo? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, it's it's around. Fifteen and a half pounds. I want to okay. say fifteen, six, fifteen, seven. I believe it was caught in two thousand three. Okay. And it was actually caught in the summer. Huh. Um, fishing, wow. Fishing deep hydrilla. That's when we had the deep hydrilla still, yeah. like seventeen foot. And uh, a guy caught it, you know, flipping a big jig um, back then. So I can't imagine. There's been several fish last. I, 
I know a couple years ago in August, a lady caught a 14 and a half pounder. Wow. In August. Man. So that would have been a pretty big fish in February. Yeah, absolutely, you know, so. it would have. Add a couple pounds to that. Um, you're known as an offshore guy. When I think of Toledo Bend, I think of eight foot of water and less. Right. You know, but, and, and like the whole lake is a swamp, but it's not. No, it's not. Um, especially now, like with today's electronics, you're seeing everyone is getting offshore and learning more. But that's what I really enjoyed. Uh, for some reason, I think as fishermen, we all have these preferences that somehow when you're early in your learning process, you fall in love with something. Yeah. And I just, I loved getting away from the bank, away from a lot of the anglers at the time, and, and figuring that open water bite out. And, uh, and a lot of times when you find that, you find... A lot of fish. You can find a lot of fish. You're not going. You don't have to fish 25 bushes to catch three fish. Yeah. You can find one point or one brush pile, and there may be a school there. So that that allure has just always drawn me. And now as I travel the country, it just makes it even worse. That's all I want to do before <laughs> I go. So it's almost. It can be a detriment because yeah. I love it so much. But yeah, Toledo Bend and Sam Rayburn as well. A lot of the Texas lakes are pretty phenomenal for the offshore bite in the summertime. Yeah, They're pretty great. How how phenomenal, how big was it to your career when the folks at Yamaha said, hey, come be a part of our team? Oh, man, that stuff is still, like, just to, to have the partnerships I have in, in, in the industry and as well as, like, even with some of the Texas-based companies, you know, it's humbling. But, but to work with one of the, the giants in the industry like Yamaha and uh, it's the people behind the scenes that, that people back home never get to meet, never get to see that yeah. make the engine run. They're a special group of people. And so... To work with them and, and to honestly use a product, my first bass boat had a Yamaha on it. Yeah. It wasn't sponsored by Yamaha. Yeah. You know? So it's really cool to, to have these relationships and, and stuff you've believed in your whole life. Yep, absolutely. You betcha. It's, it's not something he's paid to do. It's something you were doing already. Absolutely. And that makes it just twice as cool. If folks want to come fish with you uh, down on, on your home water, uh, the, the legendary Toledo Bend, how do they get in touch with you? So you can um, you can go to my website, GleasonFishing.com, and you can email or call me. Or you can also find me on all the social media platforms under Daryl Gleason Fishing, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Very good. I tell you what, you've mentioned Jesus and how blessed you are, and you're going to continue being blessed as long as you proclaim his name, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm always going to be the guy and people that have got to know me through the years, especially guy. You build these close relationships with folks, and now they have followed my career. Uh, I'm the guy that's never going to take any of this. Uh, for granted because yeah. you go away in a heartbeat and in the grand scope of life this is a, a business and a career I chose I'm, I'm lucky to be doing something I love and so many people you know pursue this as a hobby so we're all blessed to be doing this with all that's going on in the world um, to be able to do something you love you got to put it in perspective and know how grateful and, and be grateful for how lucky you are Daryl I appreciate the time man we'll yeah, be cheering absolutely. for you thank you man appreciate you guys Hi, this is Bobby Labonte and when I'm not in the great outdoors I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors much as I do? Hey, Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, inviting you and your family to the Crappie Expo in Shreveport, Boulder City, October 1, 2, 3. The Crappie Expo is for everyone that loves to fish. More than 100 crappie fishing exhibits feature today's top gear, boats, electronics, and much more. The Mr. Crappie Invitational features the top 100 teams in America going head-to-head in the Red River Shootout Crappie Tournament. A quarter of a million is up for grabs. The richest crappie tournament in history. Don't miss the world's largest crappie fry at 11 o'clock on Saturday the 2nd. Fried crappie, taters, hush puppies, mmm, mmm. 
I'm also giving away $10,000 on Saturday and again on Sunday. You must be at the Crappie Expo to win. Cash is king. Crappie Expo 2021 is brought to you by Ford Trucks, Lose, Strike King, Riceland Rice Brand Oil, Humminbird, The Boat Shop, and Bayou Outdoors Superstore. CrappieExpo.com. Hey, CrappieExpo.com. Wow. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, Oh and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas, are award-winning artists many times over, and for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granberry, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state-to-state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. I want to urge you to plan what will be the trip of a lifetime to Argentina. Hunt doves or ducks with my friends at Cordoba Doves. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative, and he's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Call him at 817-797-9020. Like me, you can plan your next trip of a lifetime with Lane Balky and Cordoba Doves. We pick you up at the airport, and you're in our care custody control. All meals, all drinks, all eats are included in the package. Lane is a hunter himself, and when he describes that first morning that you'll witness in the field, it raises the hairs on the back of your 
your neck. The first morning, the fly-off of the roost in the morning is spectacular. Birds, almost as far as you can see, and they fly like that all day until sunset. Come on, let's go to Argentina. It's closer than you think. Visit CordobaDoves.com or give Lane a call, 817-797-9020. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. Men and women, hunters, shooters, and fishers are the reason that wild creatures roam bountifully in wild places. This is where we come together to talk about it. Kinder Outdoors. Hey, if you missed the first hour of Kinder Outdoors today, you missed one of the most unique guests we've ever had. And that's a fella up in Alaska named John Bowl. He's a crow hunter. You ever met one of those? As a matter of fact, his nickname is Dr. Crow Vorky, and I met <laughs> met him, found out about him through a friend of mine, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department Game Warden Randolph McGee. You know, it's really be, uh, neat being a game warden and the people that you meet. And uh, actually, Dr. Crow probably called me up five or six years ago, you know, left some messages, and, uh, and I would talk to him, and he was really uh, interesting to talk to, and he wanted to talk crows. And, uh, and I thought I knew a little bit about everything, but uh, this guy is the authority on crow hunting. And uh, I got to meet up with him here this last year because, uh, you know, he was looking for several thousand crows to hunt, and we just simply didn't have them. And this past fall, uh, I got to seeing a bunch of crows around, so I give him a call, and uh, we went and had lunch, and it was probably one of the neatest experiences I've had. Uh, <laughs> And he, hey, he come up in a box truck that has in his license plate even says Dr. Crow on it, and he's got these crows painted, and he was just a really neat guy. And, uh, and I said, why do you like to hunt crows? And he goes, well, why does anybody like to hunt anything? He goes, in Alaska, it gets so cold uh, that I've got to leave and head south. And uh and he, he had a really good relationship with his wife. His wife leaves and goes to Hawaii for a couple months, and he leaves and goes across the southern United States and looks for crows. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to uh, talk to him later uh, in the show. We've we've got him on but the show I, later t- today. But uh, I, one, he, of the, one of the neatest parts, hey, and ask him this when you talk to him, we're driving down the road, and uh, and he's hey, he's got an Alaskan accent, and he's a uh, uh, – uh, funny guy, and then he'll see some crows out there in a field, and he'll start talking to them from the cab of my pickup. Really? <laughs> and uh, it is, yeah, oh yeah, he'll talk to them crows. And uh, what he said, he goes, "Hey, Mr. Crow, there you are. How you doing today?" And uh, <laughs> I don't know, it was just funny the way he did it. <laughs> oh, I thought and I he, thought you meant that he would crow call to him, but no, he's just talking. Uh, no, English. no, he would just no, no, he would talk in English to him. You know, <laughs> hey, Mr. Crow, how you doing? So, uh, but then he says, "Hey, hunting these crows is real fun, and I, hey, I know they are, hey, one of the smartest birds on the on the planet. You know, hey, you never see one run over or anything. You know, uh, they are smart." But he said, "You know, they're a lot like people." And uh, and I said, "How's that?" And he goes, "Well, it's uh, you know, you got the long winter nights, 
here, he said, they sleep for about 13 hours, and then they get up, and they hey, they want to go to McDonald's and go talk to somebody, you know, so that's what they do. They gather up there in the field and grab a cup of coffee, and, and uh, they talk to one another, <laughs> then go get something to eat. So he said they're a lot like people, but uh, I, I but hey, he's a funny guy. You've probably seen my friend Texas Game Warden Randolph McGee on Lone Star Law TV. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. Hey, you retriever guys, I wonder how they do on crows. <laughs> they might refuse to pick them up. But I'll tell you this, if you're feeding them Purina Pro Plan performance formula, they're in good shape. Purina Pro Plan, pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, let's meet Dr. Crow Vorkian. You've got maybe the best hunting and, and fishing opportunities in the world uh, there in Alaska, but you choose to load up and come down to the lower 48 and spend a, a pretty good amount of time every year chasing crows. Am I right? That is correct. Uh, I told another gentleman that I used to hunt with, he's, he's gone now, but he used to go to Argentina dove hunting and Columbia. And I asked him, I said, out of all your hunting you've done in your life, what would you choose the most? And he said crows. And he said, uh, because because dove hunting, you sit in a bucket or somewhere in the field, and they just pass you. Where crows are a smart, very smart bird. They can see color. They can count supposedly up to four, I guess. They did a test on a blind where three guys went to blind and called crows, and they wouldn't come in. Second guy left, wouldn't come in. Finally, the third guy left, and they came into the blind, so into the decoys. So they're very they're very smart bird. They're very vo- they're very vocal. They use hand calls. Some guys use electronic calls and use decoys. And their only natural predator is the great horned owl. I'm sure some have been taken out by a hawk or an eagle once in a while, but that's their only natural predator. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I knew that crows were uh, incredibly smart, and they are a challenge to hunt. I've been on a crow shoot or two in my life, uh, used to many years ago. Uh, if you watch the old Andy Griffith show, you know, he loved to go on a crow shoot now and then. Uh, it used to yeah. be, uh, more of a pastime because they are, uh, they are a nuisance. If you're a farmer, you hate crows. Oh, there's, uh, there, I've had farmers ask me to hunt on sunflowers, on peanuts, on milo. Um, believe it or not, they get into cotton. Um, but, and especially pecan orchards, they, they just devastate them. And you're, you're talking, I'm, I'm talking five, six hundred birds or more in a pecan orchard, and I'm talking four or five thousand on a peanut field, and that's a lot of peanuts getting carried away every day. They eat more than one. Yeah, they don't eat one and leave, do they? <laughs> no, they, they, yeah, and but they're they're a smart bird. They're a smart bird. You got to watch them if you want to do good at them. You got to kind of follow them and see which way they're going for their flyaways and see what they're eating on and if they're hitting certain fields up and the farmers want you to hunt them. That's worked out really well. So. So it's a it's a it's a bird that hardly not a lot of people hunt, which is good from my standpoint. But um, they're they're in almost almost all the lower forty eight states. They're in each state. Yeah. Um, are there different subspecies of crows, or is there just an old black crow that we know about? There's the American crow, and then there's the fish crow, and then there's the common crow, and uh, the common crow is. And also there's ravens. People get ravens mixed up with crows. They say, oh, we have a lot of crows at our place. And I know those are ravens because ravens are bigger. They have a different vocal vocabulary. And they also have a different, when you watch them fly, their their tail feathers are broader. 
and they have their wings are more uh, a crow will methodically flap his wings when he's flying you know he just cruises along and he's flapping his wings but a raven does a lot of lot of lot of uh, I would say soaring or coasting but I mean um, and their wings are more pointed where the crow's wing feathers on his flight feathers are more like fingers sticking out there they're different species but they but they hang together you know it's it's kind of funny yeah uh, John, there's an old saying, uh, typically when uh, someone has said something that turns out uh, not to be truthful or factual, that they're going to have to eat crow, uh, which would leave you thinking that crow probably doesn't taste very good. Have you ever eaten one? I, had, I did have a gentleman uh, ask me to bring some in, and he said, he, <laughs> I said, you're the first guy that wanted me to bring some in to, to cook, and he said the next time you cook them, you use a pressure cooker. <laughs> <laughs> so that means they're a little tough. But they're a little bit tough. They're a dark meat like a dove, but but I'm sure I'm sure they I'm sure they are edible. I mean, just anything edible if you get down to the point, you know. <laughs> we have more from John Vole, Doctor Krovorkian, uh, when we come back from the coffee pot in just a couple of minutes. And by the way, my friend Randolph McGee and my other game warden buddies, they send me pictures from time to time of. Very interesting things that they find. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. You can see uh, Dr. Crow's box truck there, (laughs) Got Crow's. And you can also see the crappie rock. Randolph was visiting with a fellow bank fishing one day, crappie fisherman, and noticed that the man had a very unique way of measuring his fish. They have to be 10 inches long in Texas, and, well, it looks like his crappie rock complies. (laughs) Check it out at kinderoutdoors.com. And, hey, send your picture in for the bragging board. Dove season starts in a few days. We want to see the kids. We want to see you in action. It's real easy to upload a photo and just a brief description from your phone, your pad, your laptop, whatever. It all starts at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey everybody, it's Justin Lucas. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it. With Kinder Outdoors. Billy, how'd you get that chip out of my graph? Give that back. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Now, maybe more than ever, we could all use a little getaway. And the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas is the perfect spot. We are open for business and with well-thought-out precautions to help keep our guests safe. 
Bring the RV and enjoy our full-service hookups complete with cable TV, ramped-up Wi-Fi, and space to spread out while enjoying a great view of Grapevine Lake. We can comfortably accommodate any size RV or motorhome with plenty of pull-through sites. The Vineyards also has spacious lakefront cabins fully equipped with all that you and your family will need to enjoy comfort camping. Our campground store is well-stocked with everything from groceries and ice to firewood and fishing supplies. Don't forget to bring the boat! The Vineyards Campground and Cabins features a private boat ramp with plenty of parking, a private beach, kayak, bicycle and paddleboard rentals, and even a full-service laundry on-site. Come to the Vineyards! We're right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you'll feel millions of miles away. VineyardsCampground.com If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Do you love the crappie fish as much as I do? Hey, Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall inviting you and your family to the Crappie Expo in Shreveport, Motor City, October 1, 2, 3. The Crappie Expo is for everyone that loves to fish. More than 100 crappie fishing exhibits feature today's top gear, boats, electronics, and much more. The Mr. Crappie Invitational features the top 100 teams in America going head-to-head in the Red River Shootout Crappie Tournament. A quarter of a million is up for grabs. The richest crappie tournament in history. Don't miss the world's largest crappie fry at 11 o'clock on Saturday the 2nd. Fried crappie, taters, hush puppies, mmm, mmm. I'm also giving away $10,000 on Saturday and again on Sunday. You must be at the Crappie Expo to win. Cash is king. Crappie Expo 2021 is brought to you by Ford Trucks, Lose, Strike King, Riceland Rice Brand Oil, Humminbird, The Boat Shop, and Bayou Outdoors Superstore. CrappieExpo.com. Hey, CrappieExpo.com. Wow. <laughs> We believe that a creek full of fish and woods loaded with wildlife are good for our kids. And the kids tend to agree. At Kinder Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day. I'm Billy Kinder. This is Kinder Outdoors. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We greatly appreciate it. We love the emails. Uh, If you would, take a minute this week, drop us a note, let us know where you hear the show, how you listen, AM, FM, podcast, broadcast, Sirius XM. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. Love to hear from you. Kinder Outdoors is heard coast to coast and border to border each and every week across these great United States and Canada. If you'd like to reach out to us, it's real easy, one 877 BBKO 18778202256 that's the phone number and the website kinderoutdoors.com 
K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten, kinderoutdoors.com. Let's get back to our conversation with Dr. Crow Vorkian up in Alaska, John Vole. So, so what are your favorite? You leave Alaska and come down to the lower 48 to hunt crows for how long? Uh, now that my kids are out of school and they're on their own, um, I'm semi-retired in the wintertime. I come down for a couple months. It gives, it gives me a break from the winter. It gives me a break from the winter, and, uh, and, and we don't have the bird hunting up here. Like you said before, I have the big game. We, I've done all that. I've got bears, sheep, goats caribou and and but uh i really enjoy the wing shooting and and i enjoy and i enjoy the challenge of you know trying to fool the birds yeah and and uh and let's talk about fooling those birds if we want to go have a successful crow hunt what are the nuts and bolts of this what equipment do we need how do we go about this well one is they can see color so you need to be camouflaged and you almost got to act like somebody's looking for you like another person is looking for you so um, some guys go to the point where they'll wear face masks, the, the uh, you know, the the makeup, I guess, the cosmetic stuff. I don't go that far, but I'll wear a head net um, because they can see reflection or anything. So it's it's. I had one gentleman hunt with me, and he's standing up in the blind. I and I looked out my blind. I see the birds are flaring. I said, Why do you see he's flaring? You know, I'm calling. Or we got everything set up. And I looked, he's standing up. And I said, I said, Hey, I said, here's how this works. He said. Here's how this works. It's pretty simple. If you can see the bird, they can see you. That's how simple it is. So you got to stay hid. And so if you have a blind where you can look out and see through a hole or something, kind of you get an edge hunting them by kind of monitoring which way they're coming from and seeing how close you get to the decoys, you got an edge on them then because you know when to pop up. But otherwise, if you can't see them coming, your blind's not set up properly. So yeah. so you want to see, you want to be able to see the birds coming, and they come from every direction. So it's not like like ducks are always going to come into the wind, where these crows, they'll come in from any any direction to get to where you're going. Now, I'm guessing that uh, these old crows are, are pretty doggone tough. Do you shoot a, a 12-gauge? What do you what do you have full choke? They're up there pretty high. I use a full choke, 12-gauge, but I just use, I go to Wally World and get the lowest and cheapest expensive seven-and-a-half shot I can find. So it would be the same thing like dove and quail loads. It's just identical shells. So um, they're not as tough as people think they are, but, yeah, I, when you're up high, you're gonna have trouble getting them. But you know, you know, you have to know your shotgun range and you know, 30, 40 yards, and that's about, about it, really, for the birds. And but when you come yeah. into decoys, when you got them coming to decoys, they're coming in the set and they're coming in pretty pretty low. Okay. So, so and, then you use the wind. You also use the wind to your advantage. So you want to try to try mm-hmm. the wind. The wind will hide the sound of the shotgun. Obviously, it'll blow it one way more than the other. But if you can get birds coming with the wind, granted they're going to turn around and head to your decoys, but the birds that see them from the distance, like I said, if you can see them, they can see you. But imagine how their eyes are. They can see their comrades ahead of them landing in a field. They're going to go there and start eating, but granted they don't hear the mm-hmm. shotgun blast, so they think they're dropping in for food. This is just but, a bunch of fun. We're crow hunting on the show today with Dr. Crowborkian, John Vole. Uh, now, John, do, do you call these birds in? I know I've got a crow call that I use to locate turkeys early in the morning. Yes, I do. I have a, I have hand calls, and then just in the last 70 years, I tried electronic call because I was told about them, and some of the calls I had on there weren't very successful, so I ended up recording my own, and uh, it works very well. But but I've been I've been hunting these things since 
late 70s, you know, 68 when I got my first bird. But I, I found an article in Field and Stream back then. It was Crow Capital of the World was Fort Cobb, Oklahoma, and they estimated 15 million birds roosted there in the winter. And I couldn't wow. believe it, so I went there one year and checked it out, and I said, holy cow. <laughs> That's a lot of birds. <laughs> what are what are your favorite uh, locations to, to hunt crows when you drop down out of Alaska to go crow hunting? Where do you go? I go uh, both east and well. You got to go where the birds are, obviously, because every year they're they're roosting in different places sometimes. But I'll go east Texas or west Texas, and uh, but mostly where where they're growing the crops, like. Um, like well, they hang cattle too. They hang in cattle, but mostly um, where they grow the crops for peanuts and milo and and uh, even corn and soybeans. You know, it's uh, they're they're the bird they're 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 opportunists like people. They'll go where the food is. That's that's where they're going to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of cranes and geese that hunt in those areas that pick the same fields. They eat all the same stuff, and especially the peanuts. They like the peanuts. Sure. Yeah. What about your wife? What does she do? Does she go crow hunting with you? No, you're not going to believe this. She goes to Hawaii when I come back. <laughs> I have heard that rumor. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hot. I'm not a hot weather person. So, I, so, I, and I told her. I said life's too short. I said so. She'll she'll go rent a place in Hawaii in a big island for two months, and that gives her a break from the winter for January, February. So it's kind of a perfect situation because winters are long up here, and so <laughs> somebody's watching the house, taking care of the dog, getting the mail, plowing the driveway, and then. When I get back, it's her turn to go have fun. And so there you she, go. She, 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 she loves the ocean. She loves swimming. And I was there one time. She went on about 300 yards. And I said, well, there was shark bait. I can't do nothing about it. So I said, if that's what you love doing, I said, have at it. You know, I said, life's too short. Yeah. Well, it just sounds like you have a lot of fun. Folks are going to know you when they see you coming down the road because you've got a box truck. And the uh, the license plate says Crow MD. Uh, meaning you're not a doctor and, and you're not a you're not an emergency specialist for crows. You are Doctor no, Crow Fortian. And I give injections. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure to talk to you. When you come to Texas I want to uh, get together with you and, and uh have a glass of iced tea and talk it over. There you go. All right. Well hope hope this helps you and hope it helps some other people that want to learn how to crow hunt because it's a fun sport and it's they're smart birds and you gotta you gotta have your homework. You betcha. Very good. Well, we're talking to the best in the game. John, what a pleasure to visit with you and uh, safe travels. I look forward to seeing you uh, this this uh, this winter. We'll catch up somewhere. Okay, sounds good. I'm so impressed with Dr. Krovorkian. Lives up in Alaska, comes down to the lower 48 to hunt crows a couple of times a year, and I started talking about a place that I've hunted in West Texas for many, many years, and how every morning and every evening the crows migrate from the lake down to the wheat field and back. He said, yeah, I know the ranch, and I know what ranch it borders, and I know who runs that ranch, and I used to keep my rig over there in that barn about two miles north of there on that horse lot. This guy knows every back road in Texas. (laughs) Pretty amazing. I'd love to have a good crow shoot with him sometime. Hey, don't let them lie to you. America, America the beautiful, the greatest nation that this world has ever known. The most caring, most giving, and nobody will ever say anything to change that. That is the true history of these great United States. 
Hello, I am David Smith. I served in the Army and the Infantry, and I was a captain. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hey, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house today. And thank you for hanging out with us, too. I want to invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch.